Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Shirts and Time. If you could do me a massive favor by following the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Shirts and Time Pod, that would be absolutely class. Also, can you please leave me a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts? Let me know your favourite and least favourite shirts from the team me and the guests have discussed in this episode. You can play along with Goals in Time, so don't forget to let me know how you got on on that as well. If you want to watch Goals in Time, I will be uploading just that part of the podcast onto YouTube, at Shirts and Time Podcast, so you can see the goals for yourselves and watch our reactions to them. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello everyone, I'm joined today by Dan, aka Shirt Hits to Find 83, and if you don't know... What are you doing? Instagram legend. How are you doing, mate? <laughs> I'm, I'm good, thanks, Jake. Cheers, mate. Um, I don't know about Instagram legend. It's Instagram <laughs> renegade. Uh, breaking back in. That's what. That's that's about as close it'll get. Cheers, <laughs> mate. Thanks very much for having me on. Oh no, thank you for coming on, mate. Nice little segue. What happened to the Instagram account then? We got along with about four or five other people at the same sort of time. I uh, included like load of old shirt, um, my classic kits, the guy out in Indonesia way. Basically, someone with a load of multiple accounts was like malicious, we think, was maliciously reporting us. And so allegedly, we got chucked off for selling fakes, selling counterfeit goods. <laughs> with From my non-existent meta shop. So I must have been selling in like a some sort of multiverse. There must be like a, a, a fan. To like in a different yeah. in different sphere of the universe somewhere we we had no communication like or no real there's nothing to say this is what you've sold one which would be impossible and sort of, there's no way of like appealing it no one to speak to you just get this bot answer so we've gone from having just under ten thousand followers to back up to now thank you very much everyone uh 1200 quite a quick growth then yeah so yeah in in sort of two two and a bit months we've gone back up to you know, ten percent or just under, just over ten percent, what we were. Not that numbers matter or anything. You know, it sounds silly, but like it was just amazing that people, you know, we were able to get some traction. The thing is that most has annoyed me the most is how much of what we did has has been, you know, just deleted. There's no say so when we hosted the community night for CFS when they did their exhibition like two years ago now. That's all gone. You know, when we did the lives with like Carton Cole and Rocket and people like that. It's on YouTube, but it's not, you know, all in one place. Yeah, I know what you mean. Shirts versus boots, the stuff we did with Umbro, all that's fucked off. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, it, it was annoying. And just to, to, for it to be something where, you know, anyone who sort of follows us, thank you very much, we, we'll know how much we, we champion, like, obviously, original products, you know, credit to the creator, that whole ethos. To have it done for something we're so passionately against yeah that was a real kick in the teeth and yeah we just we didn't have a case to answer we felt like we were like being fronted up in front of the um presidium or something like that and (laughs) you know honestly mate i thought i'm i'm in i'm in east germany i'm on trial (laughs) yeah well especially when there's so many like accounts that message me and probably yourself and other shirt collectors daily saying i got a pitch two pictures today of just the most hideous fakes ever and no matter how many times I report 
or block them accounts. I get one or two every single day. So that is definitely annoying, isn't it? It's it's a problem. Uh, there's no you got this you get this platform, Meta, and they you know give you Instagram, whatever, and there's no support to the users. So essentially, we're creating content that that ties in with you know we're not creating content, but you know what I mean. We're putting stuff. I know what you mean, yeah. we, we only do what we like, and you know it gives their platform content and it drives them so people can have ads and we're doing that for nothing and then they just come in and just don't back you up there's no one to speak to there's no there's just no fallback to it, it, it we we found that really like soulless you know we put in probably 30 or 40 appeals you know wow. in the course of like three months honestly mate, we were just appealing it appealing, appealing evidence everything to say like what are you what are you actually get rid of us for and nothing you just there's no you know the the, the Meta about, I think they sacked like 10,000 people. Yeah, it's a bit of a joke. It, it, it did, uh, and initially I was like shocked, and then I was like, and me and Joe, because there's two of us do, do the account, Joe does like the stories, and I do a lot of basically all the photography and, and most of the day-to-day. I say, it started off with it as being like a bit annoying, and then we found it, it felt like we sort of lost a bit of ourselves. Does that make sense? It's sort of like, it, it didn't really kick in later, but like an identity that we've been, or an expression of our identities had just been taken away. And mm. it felt a bit weird because we only work on Instagram because it was pictures and a decent amount of words. You know, it's not Twitter. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah mate, Twitter's an argument on fire, mate. I, I, I've got no place for that. I just, I, if I could, if I had my phone, just hear some fucking dickhead telling me that that's fake and I, I would literally, and then you just end up having a row and then you get someone just putting in a sarky comment and I'm like, what, what even is this? I don't, I don't come in for this. No, yeah. <laughs> Shout, yeah. shout out to all the Twitter listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I first came into shirt collecting and I think yourself, 343. Yeah, Will, yeah. Sam Football Shirts 101. I think they were mainly the first 100 or so accounts I follow. I remember them three sticking out to my mind. How long between getting kicked off and banned, essentially, before was it starting a new account? We ended up being about two and a half months, I think. We we right. decided to, we just tried to keep, we was we were away from it so yeah no mate I do remember as well when you, when you start you've been going on this sort of about what two and a bit years yeah since since COVID essentially end of twenty twenty I started yeah because I remember oh right yeah so I do remember like when you followed us and stuff like that and well we've chatted for pretty much on and off for ages haven't we really through messages pretty much, and, like, yeah. yeah so yeah that was yeah about two and a half months because um we just thought we'll, we'll, we'll get the account back it'll take like a couple of weeks and we'll get it back. And, here we are, four months later, five months later, and we, we've still not got it. So we've just we've just had to put it behind us. But at least it's given us a fresh start, and it's allowed us to sort of just do not fresh start, but like a reset, not, essentially. Yeah, like we, um, we can sort of like refine and make sure we just you know I take trying to make sure all the pictures are like really really good you know every time now, and the stories are a lot better. Not just trying to do like filler content. We're trying to make sure everything is a bit more pristine like, and stuff. Like yeah, that. And, yeah, and just like making sure we're like really proud of what we're putting out there again, and just like make sure we're like having an absolute quality. And so yeah, it's yeah, two and a half months, mate. Yeah, that's quite shit, that isn't it? When did shirt hits the fan eighty three actually start then you know, on the first account? Our first post was the fourth of January, twenty twenty. Um, is that when you started collecting shirts? Or are we collecting? Oh, mate, no, I've been that? collecting shirts since I was like, I'd say me and Joe since we were about eight, eight oh, or nine. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, you know, when all of a sudden you realise, oh my God, this is what I do. It's yeah. one of those ones where it got to about 21, because I went to uni later on. And basically, I sort of uh, went up to uh, Newcastle. We started our intramural oh. league team when it was from our set of halls. 
and I was like, oh, we need some kits. I was like, I've got loads of kits. And they went, oh, my God, I collect kits, don't I? And then uh, we, so we basically had all white. We did have, like, team shirts. We just had white shirts. So we had, like, oh, they had a Valletta Malta 2003 kit. We had a, a, a Greece 2004, an FC Messina long sleeve 2003, Pompey's entire white collection. You know, so we, just had, <laughs> we had all these random kits that we were wearing. And it's just, yeah, so I'm it's essentially I get one almost all the time anyway but whenever I went on holiday I'd go and get one from where I was and then I was starting to look around and get stuff and I think it, it just got more and more serious and then it got to a point where the missus I had the shirts in boxes in this in like a wardrobe and the missus was like what are you doing with all these shirts like if you're not going to do anything with them get rid of them fuck them off out of my house I, I've got shoes that need to go there you know <laughs> sorry dude. um and so I just went Oh well, I probably better like maybe make a wardrobe for it. Make it like a maybe I should do a display. And I was talking to Joe, we're mates anyway, and we're just like, yeah, we've got all these kits. What should we do? Like, should we, I don't know? Should we start like a, a, a like a social media account, like Instagram or something like that, for and like take pictures of the shirts and do stuff? And we're like, yeah, but and Joe's quite creative writer, so we're like, we're like, yeah, we let's let's I don't know, let's why don't we could do the shirt and we'll just tell a stupid story with the kit and we'll just like we get to do some writing. He's like, Oh, it's brilliant, you know. He's head of English at a local school for Christ's sake, you know what I mean? He's <laughs> and um so then we just went, Yeah, okay, let's do it. We we didn't know there was people on Instagram that collected shirts or put it out there. So we started it you know, before sort of that, that big COVID sort of jump where a lot yeah. of people have free time. It helped us because it gave us like more time to focus on what we were doing and how we were doing it. But it sort of just gave us that we had that initial start point. We just went and had fun. We didn't realise so many people did this. We all just wanted to do it because we're good mates. We always go out for beer and we just thought, let's just do something for fun. So, yeah, and then we didn't realise how many people were out there. And then Yeah, that, yeah. That, that surprised me when I first went on to Twitter and Instagram, how many people are actually doing it because you thought you think when you first start doing it oh it's quite niche it's quite you know it's only going to be me or maybe a few hundred other people doing it but no there's literally thousands upon thousands of people doing it from all different countries as well yeah i think that's the thing it's like realizing i've always thought about social media as like a giant before that before social media you had everyone was all in like a big sort of like lake somewhere i don't know let's just say um lake victoria give it a name and we're all just <laughs> all in this lake and everyone's there Social media comes along and it's like someone just blew holes in the edges of the lake and all the water just fell off and found new tributaries. And it's like, they're all floating around, but no one could ever find each other. All of a sudden, everyone just went down these little streams and then we'd, we'd puddle up somewhere. And, you you know, that's why you have, like, you know, Republicans and people who love guns and people who don't <laughs> love guns and, you know, and football shirt collectors. So... It was, <laughs> Different, different, you know, the three categories of the internet, <laughs> and those, and those, well, it's the fourth, those freaks that don't collect for shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, we had uh, <laughs> sort of like, oh shit, there's loads of people that do this. this is great, and so yeah, it, it made it quite, quite a nice. Yeah, it was a nice surprise to find so many people. And then obviously from them, I think it's also classic football shirts realised how many people do it as well looking at them as a company maybe it's sort of made that they might not have done a community night things like the, the cfs shops with the bars and things they put on in the, the bar. cafe and stuff like that yeah yeah maybe they probably wouldn't have seen the potential beyond just selling shirts and i, I think you know dougie and, and and matt probably quite surprised with that as well ellis as well ellis ellis platin when he started to do the stuff about the shirts you know he was looking for like a, obviously his thing was i've got shirts but 
what is this whole? Th-? You know, he went down a route of sort of. Yeah, he's a bit. But here's the reason why I got into it. To be fair, because during COVID, I was watching his videos. Really? Yeah. Oh mate, he's um. I tell this to Ellis all the time anyway. Not these. If he watches this result. <laughs> um, but uh, he plays in shirts, boots for us, and he's he's one of the guys where you like, oh god, because all that sort of YouTube content. I'm I'm 38, so it's a bit too old for me. Do you know what I mean? People going to away, you know, going to ground and videoing themselves at the football. I, I'm too old for that. But like, so you're sort of like, oh, what's you know, what's this guy going to be like? And you bit up it. But I tell you what, fuck me, what a top bloke. Like, and oh, that's, that's meet... always good to hear that. That's not, that's really nice to hear. Good, good to hear that. Oh mate, hundred percent. And when you meet him, it's like, yeah, absolutely. Any success he gets. Well done to him, brilliant. Like, I, you know, really like when I mean, you see him, like, it, the same with like, um, you know, Cameron Core, Power and Precision. Oh, um, oh, the lad, the lad who's just done the video with Zinchenko, him, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So he's he played in Sher Boots as well, and we were like, what? what but he was he on what team was he on? Oh, Boots, yeah, Boots. Oh, he's got a massive, he's got an incredible football boot collection, but he's again amazing, such a nice bloke. These guys have just sort of just gone down this this route of doing the videos but yeah again fair play anything he does is incredible i mean he's got in with like pro direct yeah um, he does these incredible like i mean he's like he pinches himself and it's again you meet them both together and you're like once you met him you couldn't wish for two people to have a, a more successful life in what they're doing because they love doing it and they are really successful at it so you sort of yeah once you meet those people all those preconceived ideas you may have of them just let them go away they'll they are really hard working guys and, and top blokes so fair play to them it came, it came across like really like down to earth and like humble and stuff in that video with Zinchenko to be fair it's almost like he doesn't there isn't same with Ellis as well there isn't a they, are, they have that same like energy yeah. and that nice persona so yeah it's good nice guys but yeah that's sort of how we how we sort of started off with lockdown it definitely accelerated how we were doing it just because we had nothing to do so it just became what should we do with our time no one can meet up yeah, so we started yeah. doing lives on instagram and i never really remember the first time i spoke to free for free either so we used to do the wednesday weekly live thing on instagram oh, I, used really... love, I used to love them so much <laughs> Mate, he's he's like moved out he's just like in a real hectic place at the moment but my god like I think we will go back to it. We've always said we'll, we'll go please, back to it. Please, like, please do. I mean, I'll do the show as like a keep it going and have a bit of a laugh and chat to lads and stuff. And I really enjoy doing it. But when it's me and him together, it's oh, like... It's chaos. It's... I will never forget when you had... You did an episode. I can't remember. It was during COVID. And you put out a thing saying, oh, we're getting Fabrizio Romano on. Uh, <laughs> sending your questions. And I messaged him. I must have messaged him about three or four questions. And I waited. I say, like, getting Fabrizio Romano. It's getting a bit late. Like... And then he goes off camera. I was like, "Oh, what's going on?" And he comes back. I, oh, I messaged him. I was like, "I can't believe you fucking done this to me." Hook, <laughs> <laughs> line, and sinker. I could not believe it. I was quit the fucking stream. I was like, "Fuck right off, not a chance." <laughs> so many people went for it, and it was like, oh. "This is brilliant." But the thing is, he even created an account, and it was—I think we called him um, Rubrizio Fumano. Yeah, yeah Rubrizio. And everyone, no one just tweaked, and it was just like carried on. I think he even created, like, say, he has a, a Rubrizio Fumano Instagram account still. He will never respond to it. It's in a bin for him. But like, it was. <laughs> That was quite funny, yeah. Uh, um, we had, like, we had you, 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 were get, you were getting you were getting decent numbers at the time as well. So I thought, oh, you know, and I think it, it must have been during the the transfer window. Yeah. So I thought, you know, I don't know, Fabrizio might actually just be coming on to do a bit, you know, to 
do his bit for the community and stuff. And then, oh, yeah. Well, I would just remember being sat down and dance the song. Um, yeah. It probably actually wouldn't have been as good as the, the joke. No, that's the problem. Because they were that he interviewed the fucker. He be the nightmare. <laughs> yeah. I think of questions. Yeah. He was, um, yeah, that was, okay, that was funny. But we, we, there's a lot of things we did then, and we were really happy with it. So we were able to do, um, like when, remember when lockdown eased a little bit and we were able to meet up? Yeah. So we, we've been doing these lives. So I've seen this bloke, the same size your head is now. You know, this geezer was this big. Yeah. And so we had this action. We went to, uh, so we were like, as soon as we knew we could meet up again, we were like, it was like, right, let's do it. So the first day lockdown eased a bit. I drove up to London, picked him up outside his flat in, uh, it was Clapham at the time. Obviously, he's not in London anymore. And this bit where we just got together. <laughs> it sounds weird. You know when you meet somebody like, what the fuck? And because it's been so long since I've met anyone new, because we'd all been locked in our houses for months. Yeah. We sounded like, I got out of my car, and then he was just sort of stood at like eye to eye, head height. And we're both, what's weird is, we're both exactly the same height. I mean, that doesn't mean much, but when you look at someone, it's for a second, it's like looking at them, like the height yeah. I see him on screen hasn't changed. My, my head's in the same place, and he's still there. It's still that head. And um, <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck's going on? Uh, so, yeah, we met up with him, and then we just we went off and did the lives from locations in London. And we we just, we, so, so I think the first week we went to, I've got a feeling it might have been Wembley. When England, oh, was the, yeah, and England were playing, and there was was there a fan outside? Yeah, there was, oh, that was it. So there, we had yeah. a bloke who was telling us he was George Kincladsey's cousin. <laughs> this is all fucking completely like unplanned. We just turned up there and we thought we did a show. We had stupid, right? So we had George Kincladsey's cousin on a bicycle who wouldn't fuck off. We then had the what I believe was the 42, 42nd fucking Polish parachute regiment. I mean, their ultras turned up and they were going pulse or something like that. They're going, fuck and we can hear them, but there was like a cordon around the ground that like no one's allowed in. It's when everything's still on lockdown, but we went to when, yeah. well, not lockdown, but you know what I mean? It was like you couldn't have uh, yeah, in the stadium and stuff, yeah. And yeah, all of a sudden, all these geezers like come towards us and we're like, like we could hear it. And we're like, ah, they're, they're over there. They won't be, they, and they were just roaming around trying to get into the ground or at least be heard on TV. And all of a sudden, like, must have been 200 fucking skinhead, vodka up fucking <laughs> poles all come around the corner. And we were just like, fuck. And I'm there in, like, full, like, England tracksuit shirt, sort of, you know, and Will's in the same. And we're like, fuck. And these lads come around the corner. But it was almost this moment where, like, no one's seen anyone that isn't them for a while. So we all just went, everyone just like, yeah, okay. And they just carried on sort of walking. It was like... You know in um World War Z? Yeah. Right, you know the bit where if you're ill, they run past you. Oh. <laughs> right? I felt like I was like like I'd just done myself with like malaria or something like that. And then they're just fucking <laughs> uh, So we did yeah, that. I, I, I remember that video. Oh, and then some other geezer turned up and chatted to us. Two two lads turned up and uh, annoyingly when we walked away, someone then tried to sell us some coke. Um, which would have been quite funny to that on camera. He was like Ski slope, ski slope. And I'm like, fucking what? Like, not a term I've heard in Bombay. And um, 
He's like, I can't no. I've heard that over here either. Yeah, just sort of like wide boys and that. And anyway, we had that. But yeah, two lads come up and start talking to us. And they were, I don't know if they were Gooners or like Chelsea or something like that. But yeah, they were two fucking lads just, again, like us, probably two people who had been out for ages. And they just walked around going, what's what's about anymore? Like what? Yeah. And they just, they just started chatting to us. Um, I think we got them to try and guess a kit. But I remember one the one of the ones we did, we ended up in, uh, or we did it outside St Paul's Cathedral. Yeah. And we had the camera stand. We plugged in these lights. We asked the doorman of a local, like, what like an office is, we, can we plug our thing into your lead and send out? He's like, yeah, do whatever you want. So we had the lights set up, looking at us. Um, and this bloke got on the chat and he went, nice virtual backdrop. And it was like halfway through, and we're like, oh, fucking, and I was just like, I'd sort of like, you know, Will can wind me up and stuff like that can tune me up. Yeah. And all. So I picked the camera outside, fucking backdrop, and then we walked around, like, just started chatting shit. That was that was one of my favourites as well. Uh, you need to get back together. It's oh, mate, it's just, it's we, just chaos. Mate, we will do I, it. I think it's just I need to sort of I need to try and persuade Will into it <laughs> to doing it more often. So. Yeah, I thought you knew each other beforehand. That's no. mental that you've met through collecting shirts and you've never checked like, them. He asked to, He was doing a show, and for some reason, he asked. He just messaged me and asked us on, like, "Do you want to come on this? Come on to the to live?" And we just got on really well straight away. Yeah. Like he's one of the only people I know. We, me and him can like talk for hours, like because he's a good talker, incredibly intelligent bloke, and he's phenomenally intuitive. And that's his main strength. Like he is, I'd almost say, like his uh, ability to judge situations and people and pick up on things. It's he's just natural. He's just brilliant at it. But yeah, we it's mad. We literally and after that, I don't remember sort of starting it. It was one of those weird things where everyone goes, "Oh, what's yeah. the first?" Like I don't have a clue. We just it was just always was, you know. Yeah, I think we've nearly half an hour in, mate, and we only spoke about you. <laughs> so Portsmouth and Sampdoria fan. How mm. did uh, obviously from Portsmouth or Thereabouts, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah, Where, yeah. Where's, this, where's the love for Sampdoria come from? Um, so I always liked Sampdoria because of David Platt. Pompey, I haven't got a choice. I'm from Portsmouth, so that's it. <laughs> um, Dad's a Pompey fan. My granddad, Pompey fan, sold his uh, FA Cup final ticket, I think, for a telly or something um, back in 1939 or radio or some shit, you know. Um, so, yeah, no choice there. And then Sampdoria, yeah, basically David Platt growing up. Probably one of the first games I ever went to see was when he was playing for Villa. And my dad took me to, um, he, as a Pompey fan, he took me to the old Dell to watch David Platt. He, I can only imagine how much of a pain that would have been in like 1989 or something like that. So, yeah, he took me, you know, it, 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 I was only like five. So, yeah, just always really liked David Platt. And then, obviously, Sam Sampdoria. So, it was always like a club I was aware of. And then 20... 17, 16, 17. Me and my mates were looking for like a weekend away. We just said, oh, let's go watch some football. We looked at a few places and then there was like, I was just like, well, flights to Genoa. Honestly, it was like 10 quid to fly to Genoa and back. It was so it's not, not that cheap anymore. It's fucking like... Yeah, the, 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 those were the days. <laughs> oh, mate, it was amazing, honestly. And it was like, right, 10 quid, flight to Genoa, return. Staying out there was, there was nothing. But I've been to games abroad before and... I just said, like, oh, you know what? Every time I go to a foreign football, you see the, all the ultras. It's amazing. All the flags and all that nonsense. And I was like, I want to be in that. I want to see what that's about. Rather than looking at it, it's great to look at. And after a while, you're just looking at it. I want to be in that. And um, we messaged a load of, like, 
Ultras groups. We found out who the Ultras groups were. We messaged all them. And then eventually we spoke to someone at Ultras, Tito uh, Chikorani, which is like the, probably the, one of the biggest in the, in the Federalissimi, and got in touch with about three people. And then eventually someone said, yeah, we'll sort you out tickets. We spoke to their guy who's like their spare tickets guy. He said, yeah, come with us. And then we just said, meet us here. So we met him at a place called Cafe Eden, which is uh, on the, there's like a road by the river that goes up uh, to the Morassi. Well, it's like a soak away, like a, a you know, one of those like the LA River or whatever it is, where it's just like, oh, yeah, water. yeah. It's a way of taking water away from the street. So he turns up on a moped with his mate. It's, it's Mario and Marco. It turns up. So Mario turns out and he's like, oh, you know, how you doing? You're right. Great to see you. Thanks for coming to Sampdoria. We've had, you know, four or five beers. Now we have an espresso. Then we have another four or five beers. Well, okay, great. That's brilliant. I mean, so there, espresso, knock back. We've had about four or five ourselves. We knock back a couple of beers. Then it's like, right, right, let's go, let's go. We've got the tickets. Like, right, okay, it's mad. And um, we go, go along the street a little bit, and this bloke goes, um, Mario goes, uh, he's like, ah, sh- no speak now, no speak. Football police, football police. Oh, you see yeah. two blokes there, like, they're like the football FBI out in Italy. They're <laughs> looking for fucking, like, the proper Romans and stuff. And he's like, no talking. From here, no talking. And we're like, fuck, okay. And um, <laughs> go through, get up to this gate. There's a long queue, and he sort of walks us around the queue and then tells us to get under the barrier, and then he goes behind blocks a few people off he's like giving the nod to a few people then his mate who he's with goes through talks to the steward go through the turnstile that you can only do like one at a time for his turnstile yeah and he like talked to the steward and he's playing the game of like when we can let someone else through and he's like we're waiting and waiting he's like you know we're just not saying a fucking word he's like right now and the, the key turns and he lets he goes right and he, one of us through and then the next one then the next one and it's he basically just they just chat to them. It's, it's the whole game that yeah. they, they play every week. And um, we get through, we get padded down, and then we go through to the, the staircase and the sort of like the, what's supposed to be the southwest corner of the, of the Morassi in the, in the Gradnut suit. So we go into there, and he turns around to us and goes, you're in our house now. We're, you know, this is our family. You're our guests. Do whatever you want. It was like, oh, and we were like, awesome. what? <laughs> went off got a load of beers got into a stand like literally geezers walking around with tubs of like beers and you just like buy like it's like four euros for a tin so just like i'm like right okay I'll, I'll so i I'd had like 50 euros in cash i'll just basically give 50 euros bought a shitload of beers and everyone's like passing around beers to each other as well yeah. so just like that a few other things getting passed around flags flares are going off and like it's just one of those things that the whole experience hit me and i was like yeah I just and yeah, I just absolutely like nothing else. It's it's almost like see, a, yeah, I can see why you have an affiliation to that club after an experience like that. And it's just like constant and like this, yeah, it's like a real constant passion. And then since then, we're just like this is, and you, you, you know, obviously the kit's incredible. Fucking look oh, at that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, what's it? Uh, La Malia Pu- uh, Bello del Mondo, like the most beautiful shirt in the world. So it's like straight away it's just brilliant and yeah it's almost like going there but the ground itself is incredible it's probably the most english ground in italy four-sided stand no stupid athletics track and yeah it's just it's like the best pompey away day ever but at home and it's like that yeah. and it's, you know and so you go and it's just this real passion and it just it's just yeah it's absolutely it's infectious so it's so it's like a very strong affair next to my marriage <laughs> would you say like so you're not just like a casual oh you're checking how they're doing you're a proper no i will listen what every because the good thing is um bt sport now has every single Serie A game pretty yeah much. it does yeah 
I'd say like nine out of ten games. So I've watched every home game or every game this season uh, on telly or through Bet365. I'll go out there two to three times a season. So last time I went was in November. Yeah, I was going to say, you were, there, you were there quite recently. Yeah, um, so it was end of October, start of November, and they played Fiorentina at home and uh, Torino away. They lost 2-0 both games and had, I think, one shot on target in, in 180 minutes of dire football. We're bottom of the league at a minute. Well, no, we're one off the bottom of the minute because we, we beat uh, Hellas at the weekend. But, um, yeah, it's pretty dire. It's pretty awful. It's the worst it's, it's ever been and just owned by this complete horrible prick called um, Ferrero. He's an absolute gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, yeah. Broke the, broke the show's duck. Yeah, no, it's just uh, it's good. So, you know, I am like serious. As, I mean, I've even got like a Samp tattoo from the uh, Lanterna. So we went out to watch our fifth game out there was against Genoa because we had a massive break because of COVID. Like, no one's allowed in the grounds. Um, yeah. For like, in Italy, it was about two years. No one went to a game. So our first game back was the the Derby della Lanterna against Genoa. So yeah, fuck that was that was insane. That was yeah, I can imagine. Mate, probably Pompey winning the FA Cup and beating Spurs in the semi final, beating Scummers. It's it's in that bracket of of great days. Oh. Yeah, oh. that was incredible. One 0 up, needed to win to stay up and then relegate Genoa essentially. And uh, yeah, we. Went one 0 up. Game was going all right. It was really tense. We both had a couple of chances each. We could have gone two 0 up, and then ninety six minutes, uh, ninety plus six, as as you know, it's, it's become out there. A ridiculous VAR decision uh, where the balls hit uh, a guy called um, Ferrari. He's uh, he's on loan at uh, Cremonese, I think now, and uh, the balls hit his thigh and his arms alongside his body. And it's yeah. hit his thigh, hit his arm, gone out, out for a corner. No one's even appealed for it. No one's, none of their players even twigged. And then in a 96 minute bar intervened and said, Oh, it's a handball. They called the ref over and the ref said, It's a, yeah, it's a penalty. And we're just like, Fuck. You know, it was like, and you watch it back and there is, you wouldn't get that as a penalty now because the balls hit the body. Yeah, and then to take hand, it onto his arm. It was a complete bullshit bar call. And uh, yes, yeah, so we're just like fuck. We just oh, we hope it's all right. And Crescito is had a hundred percent record from penalties. Their their captain who takes the penalties for Genoa. We just shit. We're just like fuck, fuck. Yeah, up up he steps. Aldero guesses the right way, parries it off uh, to the keeper's right. Algello runs on, hooks the ball about twenty thousand miles up the fucking line. <laughs> and I woke up ten minutes later, just a sea of fucking. But it was. <laughs> I remember the moment now. It was absolutely mental. And then I don't even remember. I think the whistle went because it was so close to the end. It was sort of like yeah, we were just didn't stop celebrating. And then that's it. I think the, the whistle must have gone about a minute later, and we were just like, ah, it was just absolutely mental. And that's that kept us up and sent them down. You make me yeah. really jealous, and I don't really have I don't have any affiliation to Sampdoria. <laughs> I feel really, I'm really jealous that you were there. It was incredible. When we were there, it was like we were talking to people. Me and my HG went out for this one. So we stayed in Boliasco. We hired scooters. We, so Boliasco is a little village about 10 miles away down the coast. Yeah. So it's a nice place to stay, but the training grounds there. So we stayed there, had a look through the training ground, all that sort of stuff. 
um, hired some scooters. We went to Portofino in the morning at a hundred pound breakfast in some Michelin star hotel. We just thought, fuck it, we're really do it up. And then got the peds, dropped them off back at the high place, got the train into into town. I think we were in the ground for about three hours before kickoff. We got to the Morassi. Uh, like, yeah. I think it's about 10 o'clock for a three o'clock kickoff. It was, you know, we were outside the ground, then we walked in, and the queue to get it was ages. And we walked in three hours before kickoff, and it was packed. We're like, we were standing like on a concourse, on the, the last seat of a concourse, and we we're like, it was, end up being like two people per seat in in the stand. It's, it's always busy in there, but this was like, yeah. you could move fucking busy. <laughs> and uh, for, um, for, unreal. Absolutely unreal it was and people were, like saying like this is like the biggest derby in like 30 years since they won the good day people were, like this is the biggest this is and it got more and more the closer to close to the, the sort of kickoff like you know just the nerves and the importance of it and like people would not we'd talk to like and so there's loads of fan groups i've said like they, we were talking to like the guys who run samp tube um we're talking to uh the new york samp club their guys rover it's one of the ones where everyone had cut, like everyone was there to watch that game that day, and it was just brilliant. Yeah. How many seats has it got in the stadium? I think it's something like thirty-six, thirty-six thousand. Awesome. That's yeah. a Premier League size stadium, then, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it's a decent capacity, thirty-four, thirty-six. Um, if you look at the Morassi, it's a really, it's a classic. The architect uh, for the Morassi died actually of COVID, I think, uh, about twenty twenty-one. 21 to 22. So they redid it for Italia 90, filled in these corners, put these incredible like pylon stanchion things in the way. It's, it's almost a little bit like, uh, you know, the uh, Stad Louis II for Monaco, where. For yeah, the, oh, like, yeah. Houses. It really does tie in with like the, the block apartments that are around it. Um, oh, so it's quite sympath- it's semi sympathetic to that, and it's just got this. Oh mate, it's brilliant. It's, annoying it's, not, it's not just it's not just like a massive stadium chucked in the middle of like an industrial estate or just no, a it's, or it's, something like that. It's by a lot of houses. Um it's got this really um it's, it's got this original sort of stonework where it's got the um Stad Luigi Ferraris Cabunale um like in this sort of stonework on the on the front of the, the, the what I suppose like the tribune, um which is like the stand to the side. So you've got the north where the Dickheads of general go and there's the south where we have it. Yeah, it's just it's a really nice, it's a really beautiful ground. Like it's it's really stunning. It's one of them I'd say it's probably one of the most iconic grounds in Italy, yeah. in my opinion. You know, it's one of my favourite in the world anyway. It's it's just it's just simple but perfect and brilliant. Yeah. Worth a visit. Yeah, I'm actually I'm just thinking about it now. you really You're making me really want to go. <laughs> Do you have like a an actual, like a standout favourite shirt from Sampdoria then? Oh, mate, this one. 100%. That's my favourite kit of all time. What uh, year is that, sorry, for the listeners? So that's the 95-96 away kit in long sleeve. So, yeah. That's special, that. isn't it? Oh, mate, it's, it's, it's just a lot of things tick the boxes for me. So there's lots of little, like, little collar details. You've got lovely little bucchiando on the, on the collar there. And then you've got the sleeve cuffs with the matching. Cuffs. Yeah. Um, I love the the typeface for the for the sponsor. It's the only year that Nuovo Terrena had like that as their logo. And yeah, then it's got this um the football and Azix, and there's also the the Bacicca 
logo going through in the jacquard of the shirt. So it's just got everything. It's got like a really good, like it's got screen printing. It's got a bit of a, a stuck on badge. It's got column cuff detail. It's got a really nice sponsor. It's sort of everything I love. Brilliant. I love this shirt. Absolutely. Yeah, the beautiful Well, shirt. these two. That's it. These, these are my, but this one here for me. Love it. Dare Can I ask you if you have a least favourite? What, Sampdoria? Yeah. Um, ooh, probably, oh, mate, easy. Um, anything <laughs> 90, 1998 to about 2001. Yeah. And they had like Dayu, any shirt with Dayu, Dreamcast, hate them. Like people send, oh, look at this training kit. You know, I'm just like, fuck off. It, it looks vile. Like, ASIC's lost their way in the late, the late nineties, um, and then got it for for Sampdoria. They really got it back from about two thousand one onwards. So, literally two years, three years after that kit, is when the Sampdoria period. I hate. I probably hate the most. And then up until yeah. Joma decided they they were a football shirt manufacturer, probably Jacko and Joma, my two least favorite brands in in world football. <laughs> so, just had they, to, you've only heard me clicking away there. I was looking at the. The shirts and that, yeah, they're not not the best. Oh, it's just, it's just, I don't, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Like, bad, bad times. Yeah, the Joma stuff was, oh my god. If you look at the last Joma away kit, it's disgusting. Like, it's proper. I don't. It's something Pro Evo makeup, you know. It's, it's that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Joma and 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 that. That's probably the the least favorite. Um, I'm not a massive fan of the NR stuff. Don't fucking shoot me. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I just, I just think it's like seventies kits that were out in the eighties. I don't even think they were. Some people go mad for it. Fair enough. I, yeah. I'm not. I've got an, an air jacket. That's it. I don't like. I'm not. Do you like the uh, Macron stuff from this year? That way shirt. It's nice, isn't it? That yeah. just looking at that way shirt. It's what you like in the matching collar, matching cuffs, and stuff like that, isn't it? The away kit is basically. The refreshed on this, yeah, um, yeah, and like Macron have done a great, honestly, it's a brilliant kit. It's in my top five for this year um, because there's like um, it's like Jacquard, but it's not Jacquard. It's like a they've embossed the Blucacchiando band, but just oh not yeah, really I know, yeah, and when you look at it on a on a picture, it's like oh okay, and then when you see it in the flesh, it's gorgeous, like. It's so simple, and it's basically yeah, don't say just the this, but it's got this really clever banding on it. Macron have been fantastic, yeah, fucking fantastic. Yeah, they, I think um we've caught them at the right time. Like we've got the best of Macron because you go back ten years, someone said I oh, get Macron. It's like oh, fuck's sake. Yeah, now you I, get remember, Macron, I remember Leeds like, shirt, Leeds shirts on like Leeds, Lazio, just any the stuff Napoli got. Anything, it was just oh, poor, yeah. like constant Bologna. Obviously, they're from Bologna, but just awful. So, they've been on a great trajectory, and then we sort of got them at the right time. And it's almost like the perfect club for, for Macron. It's like Italian, everyone gets like a almost bespoke kit. They put in great effort, you know, really have like Joma were hopeless. I think Joma are Spanish, and they were just awful. They had like it was just, I think Joma created two, two to three. Decent ones. One was really good. The rest were absolute shit. <laughs> Macron have had like Macron are like two out of the three every year are top class. 
we're going to jump into goals and time, but we've spent most of this podcast talking about Sampdoria. For <laughs> <laughs> goals and time, I've done it for Portsmouth. So we'll have to do this again, mate, definitely. Okay. And we'll talk about Portsmouth, but then I'll do a Sampdoria goals and time. <laughs> Oh, oh, mate, that'd be good. Yeah, that. Yeah. Okay, I think mean, yeah, that'd be good. If you're, that, if you're this passionate and knowledgeable about Sampdoria, we're going to need about two hours for Portsmouth, aren't we? Definitely. No. <laughs> right. So yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Obviously, Gave uh, Dan a little brief on how goals and time uh, how goals and time works. He's picked the the 2004-05 Portsmouth season, so we'll we'll dive straight in here. So on the 24th of April 2005, does that does that date ring a ring a bell? <sighs> yeah, <laughs> Portsmouth beat Southampton four one. That man Yakubu opened the scoring. Yep, but Dan. What minute was the goal then? We'll watch a little VT just to rejog your memory. On his return to the Pompey lineup. What pain. What minute was Yakuba's opening goal against Southampton back in 2005? I think it was, it was either fifth. Or sixth minute for some reason, or maybe was it the ninth? It was stupidly early. I'm going to go with the fifth minute. It was the fourth minute. Oh! <laughs> but that—that's off. You're off to a blinder there. I nearly in my head. I was like, was it four or was it nine? I was like, when you said nine, now I was like, oh, don't say nine. Now you just said five or six. Yeah. So one minute out. On the first goal, we might revisit that game a bit a bit later on. Please do. But the next, please do. <laughs> but the next goal on the fourteenth of December two thousand and four. Does that date ring a bell? Liverpool played Portsmouth at Anfield, and it finished one on. Yes, I think I know the game. This is Luan Luar's goal against Liverpool. Cross for like a shot. Dudek plays it right to Lua Lua and he knocks it into the open net. I'm just going to apologise for the commentary. It, I couldn't find that clip. Anyway, I couldn't find a clip of that uh, goal anywhere. And then I found that one and I, was like, I heard the commentary. I was like, I'm going to try to find another one. I spent about 15 minutes. I couldn't. So yeah, apologies for the commentary. But what minute was Lua Lua's goal against, Amfi- uh, against Liverpool at Anfield back in 2004? I've got a feeling that we, it was an equalising goal. And it was late on, later on. I'm going to go like the 79th minute. Yeah, I'm going to go 79 minutes. 79th. It was the 91st. Oh, 91st. <laughs> so a, a, bit, a bit of a jump up, but, you know, <laughs> the first minute out and the first one was not too bad at all. I knew, it was, I knew it was late in the game. I just couldn't remember what it was. Because there's a game we played against him where Matt Taylor scored a really late goal. And he ran the length of the pitch to, to celebrate. And I couldn't buy it. I do remember I'm so that. Well, you, yeah. I'm so glad you brought Matty Taylor up. Oh, I, I loved him. I don't know why. Mate, what player? Right player, wrong time. Like I think he'd, 
England had a more progressive manager, he probably would have just played left midfield for England. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know... Unbelievable, unbelievable left back. Definitely. And now, to keep up with this shitty tradition of goals and time that I've got going, it's a goal against United. I actually, <laughs> I've watched, I remember this, I, when I was getting the clips, I just had a little flashback to when I was younger watching this game. On the 30th of October, 2004, Portsmouth beat United 2-0 at Fratton Park. And he's, already, he's been mentioned a few times already. It was Yakubu's goal in the Scrappy. I'm thinking it was Scrappy. Manchester United didn't intend to create the chance that way. In the end, here's La Patria. Yakubu. Yakubu to the United penalty. Yakubu! They surely made the point save for Portsmouth. Look at that shirt. Oh, I love that space on that shirt. I, 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 I've got it in a box somewhere. Mine's got Richard Hughes on the back. Um, <laughs> it's so good. That little mate, you talk about that's how Robson Carlu fucking send them for a hot dog yeah. shit. You know what I mean? That was, <laughs> was that Vidic and Fernand as well? No, I think that was I think that was it was definitely Fernand. I think I think that's twenty seven. So that'd be Mikel. Yeah. yeah, not not quite Vidic, but no, the, the, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but what minute was Yakuba's goal against United back in two thousand and four? I think this was like the eighty first minute. Did you go straight off oh, about eighty oh. first. Yeah, I was I, re- I was at the game. I remember like so was, the touch on, but I remember the finish being like, "How's that gone in?" Because yeah, it he, bubbles in there. He just lifted it well, sort of enough, and I remember like Van der Sar. Yeah, I'm gonna go eight first minute, seventy second. Oh, close. Oh. You live. You have, have a bit of first goal hangover here. I think I am. I'm definitely having a hangover here. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Fourth goal. And we're going to go back to that day in April, back in 2005. I'll say it just because you'll be happy to hear it. Portsmouth beat Southampton 4-1. Sorry, what was that again? It was 4-1 to Portsmouth against Southampton. 4-1, good to get. To. Yeah, 4 4 4 This is Loire-Loire's first goal. God, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> When I was getting the clip, I didn't realise Harry Redknapp went straight from yourselves to Southampton. Yeah, he, he left us at two weeks off and then yeah. decided to take over Southampton. And Steve oh. Steve Wigley was on course to send him down beautifully. And Aaron <laughs> made a bit of a nice fist of it up until um, Perrin come in. And yeah, that game was just mad. Peter Crouch got injured in the warm-up to that game, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, <laughs> didn't fancy. Yeah. Um, I think that was the thirty-third minute. Twenty-second, nine out again. Oh no, oh. no again. my maths is so shit. <laughs> the double number. I knew it was a double number. These were. I think that was the third goal. Because uh, is it Dizou? Dizou? Is that his yeah, name? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Dizou. Oh, was it Stepanovic? No, it's Dizou. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, Dizou. It was Dizou from Patrick. And then he and Lua, he got he got um he did a thigh strain doing the somersault yeah, and then yeah, Diamante yeah, Kamara come on from half time. And then and then he uh scored. He was like off the pitch and then he came back on and scored, didn't he? After That's he it, yeah. Yeah, because he, he was that... sort of like I think he just done a knock and then because I think he celebrated yeah. in that and he come on. Oh mate, that was delirium. Absolutely. I think oh, that, mate, was... So that that was the twenty second minute. 
I think that was to make it 3 1. So that's four goals that in 22 minutes yeah. in the derby. Yeah. Henry Kamara um, scored it scored for them to make it 2 1. I think we went 2 0 up after 12 minutes. Yeah. And then they equalised. Oh, I've got one back like, in the 15th or 18th minute. And then that was just mad because they were so they thought they were right back in and then literally yeah. we calmed it down. And then Luar just got that fourth and they were they were kicking off. They wanted to leave. They were like, why are you letting us? There's, I remember a video of some bald scummer going mental trying to get out. Like, why can't we go? Like, you watch this, you prick. You will fucking watch this. Uh, so for the fifth and final goal, I know you picked the 2004-05 season, but I couldn't have a Portsmouth fan on and not go back to the 17th of May, 2008. Cardiff City nil, Portsmouth one. Mm. This is Carnu's goal in the FA Cup final win. Probably the worst cup final ever. It really. I'll let you awesome. say. I'll let you say that. I'm not. Really it was. An, if you, I feel sorry for people that watch this. I don't give a fuck. I was sat behind a bloke in the trenches. Oh, King Cardu. And Cardu and Portsmouth think they've taken the lead. We didn't think what we minute? took the lead, Marty. We fucking took the lead. We yeah. won it. What minute was Cardu's FA Cup winning goal against Cardiff City? 38 minutes. You started with one off and you finished with one off. 37th minute. Oh, fuck. That's how we were celebrating so much. I, I just yeah. saw like the kick-off again. It was like 39 <laughs> minutes before. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Portsmouth, by the way, because they are the only team so far who, when I because when I get the clips, I try, I put them on YouTube to see if I can actually upload the video before I use the clip to save myself some time. And the Portsmouth copyright struck the clip, but they said they let content creators or people making videos use that goal. I'm going to work out your score. My aggregate. I do like an aggregate score. That is decent. A little bit of goal difference. Feels like Eurovision, but with like satin on it. Hey, 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 hey. Come on. A bit better. Get the league table up so I can see exactly where you are as well. Oh. Well, as long as I'm not Southampton, that'd be fine. I mean, bottom. Sorry, bottom. Dan, you scored 34 points, which I'll, gives you I'll... an average of just under seven minutes a goal. I don't think that's that bad. No, that's Sorry. not bad. And I'll jump in straight away and tell you where you are. You are third. In the table, you just pipped with Woody. Woody got thirty-five. You got thirty-four. And because of what he said about the Nigeria shirt last week, I'm happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> the Newbury lumberjack loses out. I like it, That's us, mate. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute laugh. Like I say, we're gonna have to get you to come on to talk about Portsmouth and and more because. <laughs> I couldn't believe how fast that flew. I've looked at the time and it was like 45 minutes. I was like, oh, okay. Mate, <laughs> <laughs> right, no, that's cool. So, yeah. like, sorry, I do witter on a bit. I do witter on a bit. No, no. no. Like, you witter on in the, in the best of ways, mate. So, do you want to give your, your Instagram and your socials and whatever you're doing a little plug? Uh, mate, thank you very much. At sure, it's the fan 83 now with a little underscore in. Uh, just on Instagram. Uh, we do have a YouTube with some, some older stuff on there, like, with Rocket and Carlton Cole and shirts, boots and all that stuff. Um, so if you ever want to go on, have a little look on there. But yeah, Instagram, shirts the fan 83. And all we basically do is we take pictures of like our favourite kits. They are authentic. 
and we just put a nine times out of ten we'll, we'll, we'll put like a stupid bullshit story on no, Melinda Messenger and Carlton Cole lobster potting off the coast of fucking the Falkland Islands something like that yeah no, honestly he's one of the best people on Instagram so please do give him a follow Sports Social Podcast Network